have we talked about this before? Is it a design flaw if it is um, designed kind of with one ideal outcome in mind or one path in mind, but you could also get through it this way? That's kind of like microtransactions. The, the main problem that people have is when it's the pay to win. If it's like, hey, I don't want to, I want to level up quicker, then sure, you can take, take the shortcut or you want to do this really, really hard. What if you did like grounded level on, on Last of Us? The game is meant to be played by just, you know, different, you know, levels of difficulty. I chose a really hard way to do it, not the ideal way. Is that bad? Is that a design flaw? That's a positive. Giving players more options is always a positive, I would think. But in the case of Bioshock, if you have no way to telegraph in advance to the player, you're choosing a hard choice. Yeah. That's the difference between opting into the difficult path versus just luck Mm, of the draw. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. I mean, if if I, if I, like, um, uh, Day of Sex was famous for I really thought you said Day of Sex. Day of Sex. Classic Day of Sex. Guy got a lot of shit in high school. Day of Sex. But also got laid a lot. Um, Day of Sex was, uh. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Was, uh. Sorry. Sort of famous as a as we're this already kind of talking RPG. over Asa. I just want to point that out to all the commenters <laughs> and YouTube. You're welcome. That's just for you. <laughs> it's a good bit. Go on, Austin. Beautiful. Yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. So we're so on brand. Austin, today. go ahead. You know, um, what I've always thought was interesting about Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. Is that they were kind of <laughs> they were kind of easy options built in. I need to work on my story. Of, you could go through uh, and you get different difficulties. I need to work on like fifty episodes now, and it still tickles us. I need to I work a funny on my story about Alana face. I just want to just interrupt. Oh, Spector <laughs> my, likes Curry. My Jim Krasinski, look Spector at the wants. camera. Austin, go ahead. Mm. Deus Ex. I don't think uh, it's, I think it's risky. Um, can't, I, I like better when I was the host and I could meet people. <laughs> uh, so yes, in that game, <clears throat> famously. Which one? Deus Ex without the machina, but implied. The first Um ever. Hmm? You mean the first one? Yes, the original. The OG. 2000 or 2001, I think. Uh, 2000. 2000. Odyssey. Um, that, uh, that game gave you obviously widely divergent options. It, it, gave you, it gave you the, like, do you want to be a hacker who sneaks into the base? Do you want to be a tank who, like, gets a rocket launcher and blows the door off and fights all the guys when the alarm goes off? Do you want to be the... The like stealth ninja go through the air ducts with a tranquilizer, you know, br- like crossbow, blah blah blah, and they all came with their own ramifications. There wasn't one that was like, oh, you chose the one that's insanely hard and it's like impossible to do, and you wouldn't have known that. It, they all, the aspiration was, there's total agency. Some might be harder for you, like you might, if you're a shooter person. The tank thing is for you, but if you're like I'm all about stealth, uh, then that's that you're get, so you can you can like lean into the thing that you're naturally better Same at or that you like better, right? Like which would be inspired by Deus Ex Anyway and Thief. Well, I guess part of it is that all the same team as well. Yeah, I was say, players Idos. get to choose the difficulty. Like you're choosing every single level how difficult you want it to be. Like if you play through mm. Dishonored and you're trying to get the like least amount of rats possible. You are opting into the hardest difficulty without it being like literally the AI is harder. It's mm. every single mission you're you're making the choice by. I was just playing um, Frostpunk. Did you ever mm. play that? 
Uh, from the uh, 11-bit guys who made this War of Mine. Beautiful uh, game. Yeah, it's really great. And and they they straight up tell you in the UI, like, it'll go, um, not enough of your people have warm housing. Uh, and so here are three objectives and they're and it shows you it the ui it makes explicitly clear this is the harder one therefore mm. the highest reward um you know like like if you if you if you promise to the townspeople i'm gonna heat every home within two days um the game is telling you you've chosen the harder thing but obviously it comes with a higher reward and if you fail on your promises to your people the penalty for doing so is also a lot harder how similar lot is more frostpunk severe. to this war of mine Tonally, emotionally, they're very similar. Hmm. They're like the most depressing, agonizing, uh, uh, sort of like staring, staring the apocalypse in the face. But this war of mine, uh, uh, there's a, Frostbuck is, is is kind of overtly like a city builder um, <clears throat> in the context it's a city of city survival game, basically, right? Yeah, or, yeah. There's a very small element of that to this war of mine as you like soup up your house. Uh, you know, that you have to kind of like, you know, go find supplies and, and reinforce your doors and blah, 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 and get, f and get food and whatever. And this game has all of that, but you are also constantly like you're sending out, you know, scouts and you're, you're figuring out your food supply. You're, you're trying to decide, do I invest in this resource or, or that resource to the experience? to the to the exclusion of others do i let in like one of the things that i absolutely love that this war of mine also does a variation of that's just such a brilliant like how do you lead in a time of absolute catastrophic disaster is it goes refugees have found your town there are 60 of them um but 40 of them are sick uh do you let in everyone do you let in only the healthy do you let in no one and all of those have wildly different impacts and it's one of those where you're like i only take healthy people sorry the rest of you can go fucking die because we're gonna we're like you will you will end up killing all of us if we have to take care of you and like the game puts in such sharp relief this war of mine did too i was blown away at how that game felt so dreary i would it's say that is one of the most depressing games i've ever played and that Jesus. i really enjoyed it really really enjoyed it but when you play through it and you're making those choices and you're thinking about the like similar realities of those situations it is fucking depressing yeah yeah and i think that this war of mine obviously the premise being that you're tr a civilian in a war zone mm. just trying to figure out how to stay alive whereas frostpunk is this like the world has ended and everyone's just trying to live. So that puts the moral decisions in interestingly different frame of references because it's like, you know, uh, this war of mine imagines that the, you know, like it, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't suggest that the world has ended. It's, you're just, you're trapped in a, in an active war zone. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and so like when you come across a house that has like the elderly couple who just want to be left alone and you're like, mm, I'm going to murder you for your food. <laughs> like that is a, that is a pretty unambiguously immoral choice in the context of a game like um, this war of mine. Whereas in Frostpunk, the equivalence that they make, I, somehow I feel like it's it's it invites you to feel more easily justified when you're like, what's the end game though? It's the, it is the end of the world. Um, I don't know. I love these games Papers, that, that put too. you in this similar type of thing, like similar, and it, and it is an interesting way to make things difficult. Like I said, without it just being the AI is harder. Like it's 
It's a Papers, Please is hard, not only because you can fail really easily, but also because every choice you have to make is a moral one that's, that's actually challenging. And it's, it gets yeah. really hard if you try to be good. <laughs> like if you Papers, try to, please? Yeah. yeah if you try be, to, right? If you be. try to be like a moral actor, uh, and that's it's also, the same with, same with these others, too. Yeah, that, that's also kind of in the conceit of the game as well, right? Oh, yeah. That's the message. Yeah. Yeah. Such anyway, a simple I, I, game. So good. It's so good. Did you ever? Did you guys ever play the drug game that was out in the '90s? That it was like this simple. Um, you were a drug dealer. I don't know, Troy. I was born in '93. Well, this is I like probably I would have been seven, you're six. You're playing. You, games are you encouraged me to play drug games as a six-year-old, Troy? Seems appropriate. So, someone, please <laughs> shout out in the comments in Australia, about this game. no less. It was. Oh yeah. No. Sadly, we won't get those know. comments in real time. I'm not going to wait. Can the live chat uh, not let us know? Not hold out. Super chat. Any minute now. Any minute now. They're going to jump in. They're going to jump in. I think we've talked about this before, yeah. where there was this great game and there was a 90s. drug dealer video game. I'm going to just play a drug dealer? Yeah, you were a drug dealer and you had to, you wanted to buy, it's basic economy. Drug wars? Drug wars. There you go. Buy low, sell high. How about this? Initial release year, 84. No. Oh, I There's don't no have an excuse for not playing a, Drug Wars. This is a DOS they didn't, game. Yeah, they didn't change the uh, the AI or the UI of it at all. It was just like... Well, was the basic. player begins with $2,000 and 100 spaces in their trench coat. I actually feel like I played this. I played it's, the it's shit out of this game. It's a turn-based strategy game? Yeah. So what? you would be like, okay, uh, well, you sold... Steal the most drugs to pay off a loan shark. <laughs> yep. And what you can do you is you can go back and borrow more you money. You're like, man, meth make... is really cheap right now. So you can go buy that meth cheap, but then you now own a loan shark and they could come after you if you don't pay them off in enough time or you could accrue too much interest or the cops can find out where you are. Wow. They raid and they steal everything Imagine that you have. Imagine if you went and made that now and actually like could put in the narrative design and like, you'd end up with like Breaking Bad the game. You could make a really interesting... I couldn't. That wouldn't work Why? with my brand at all. But like, well, it just doesn't fit like our style No, I get game, that. Like, from yeah, the creator like, of Thomas, Thomas was, was a drug dealer. Thomas was a drug dealer. Thomas it doesn't really work. Dealer. Thomas I just realized I'm just a bit too square. That's what I'm saying. I'm a bit too square. Um, I just realized why I know this game. This was a game that was it's it's is like betrays its 80s origin as a DOS game. I played this on my calculator. Uh, what? Like you know those graphing calculators. Um, yeah, yeah. That you needed for so like physics class. He's not from the generation that played games on the calculator. What a lost time Austin. that is! Yeah, yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. even know you could do that. The only game it's, that I played was so hey, before, watch this eight zero zero eight five. Look what I did. <laughs> it was the games that before, I made. I did that one before, a lot. Like, before everyone had a computer, Alana, we you would often have the graphics calculators at school, which would have like a the rubbish. It was almost, almost like a Tamagotchi screen, like a really low quality screen, but you could Isn't that play a games. Early on. George Lucas movie. Well, I did grow up without a computer the for a while. One I had actually. I did yeah. have a fancy calculator, but they didn't have fucking video games on them. How did schools allow no. that? They didn't. They definitely uh, didn't allow drugs for drug wars. I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's I not like you were. It, it, Little Austin you, was a rebel. He was playing. He was playing by his own rules. Was inspired by a game called Star Trader. Has anyone heard of that? Yeah. Star, Star Trader, Trader 1974. Yeah. Um, I don't know that one. It's like no. a prototypical space trading game. It yeah. says text-based basic game Star Trader Drug Wars was originally an MS DOS program created by John E. Dell in 1984. Man, it's actually very interesting. 
The player begins with two thousand dollars, a hundred spaces in their trench coat, and no weapons. It's, I would it make sounds, that. I might have to make that as a hobby game and release it under a different name. Just or don't anonymous. do drug wars. Do something else. What's something that you could be really nice about? Puppy Cupcakes. wars. Puppy wars. You're giving puppy people. No, that, that would, no, puppy wars would get oh, really dark God. really fast. That would work. What, you, what, what was that teddy bear game? Back there. What? It was like. But there's a bed baby. right there. Why is your head? What? I don't know what's wrong with him. He's broken. Oh well. No, uh, not broken. Visual podcast, everybody. Yeah, uh, gotta make well, sure this audio is dark. Is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the audio listeners get to decide which of the three of us you were referring to. Yeah. That's true. Why is he? Why did you do that? What's wrong? He is on mic. He's broken. Yeah, He's broken. I I legitimately have not I'm thought sorry. about games on the calculator in twenty plus years until this moment, and it was just this like a, a flood of. Because you had the classics like Tetris and all those had been ported as well. They were very friendly what, to this. Did you but download I bet Alana them? didn't even have How to take a floppy you... disk with her in her backpack to I school. I did have day. floppy disks. I was in floppy, floppy disk well. era, so I did oh, okay. do floppy disks. I yeah, submitted okay. assignments okay. on floppies. I'm not... I, uh, not I played I Prince of Persia. No, when I was a kid, you had one floppy disk and that was your floppy disk. You didn't submit because they were too expensive to oh, like, we had multiple. It to not. No, you no. erased it. You had one. Wow. You had one disc, and you reused it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back in backslash the day. erase. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, I remember. I had a little yellow. I had a little yellow plastic wallet for it, so it would. So I actually never had the. Oh my god! Um, again, not thought about that for twenty years. I never it's had sweet. the floppy, floppy disc. Five and a half. They were never yeah, the... floppy, and I no. just assumed that that was not a real thing until someone was like, "No, that's why it's called a floppy disk. They weren't always solid." And I was be. like, "I remember the vinyl one. Like, if you go watch War Games, and he's like, hey, 'Hey, I'm gonna play a new game,' and he pulls out this fucking mm-hmm. foot long disc <laughs> and slams it shut in the, you know, I that had was that. real. That was one hundred percent. That was fictional. No. To save us like, the comments as well, it is a floppy disk. It was just in a hard case, the one you had. The true story. Just oh. just to save us like the 200 comments. It was comments. five the and a quarter, three and a half, right? Isn't that right? Five and a quarter, three and a half? It's three and a half on the small... Was it five and a quarter? That sounds right. I three might be wrong, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, three and a half was the... And then what about Because it was the five and a half was the one that we had in our... The BBC Micro, which was socialized computing. There you go. So every school got like a cheap computer, basically. When I was a kid, five and a half um, and three and a half. How yeah. did was it five and a half and get three and the games no. onto the calculators? So it says. Say again. Uh, how'd you, how'd you download how did the games get onto the calculators? You'd have to. You had them, to right? get a. You had to. Uh, well, that was one option. You you could actually literally uh, replicate the code. That some kids did that, but there also was at some point those calculators did have um, like a cable. That you could oh, so you could like sort trade. of tether, like a link cable. Yeah, like mm. some yeah. ultra precursor to a USB cable, essentially. But you got to remember back remember. then as well; these games were like two hundred lines of code. So you used to get magazines, and you could kind of type them in from the back of magazines. I remember doing that. As Honestly, programmers these days just. I think so that's what it was. You could you you would link wasteful. the two calculators. Wasteful, wasteful. It's, somebody Megabytes did have of to database. start. Somebody would have to start with the with the um typing it in manually and then it would be calculator to calculator from that point forward what the I don't, fuck how a lot of people learn to code typing things in and fucking it up and having to wow. fix it, it was, I love how, how this, this is all somehow an offshoot of the airship mission uh, from Infinite that, like we're, we're sort of <laughs> sort of one step at a time somebody needs to someday 
make a you know in Indiana Jones the like red line, <laughs> the red line. tracing yeah. the, the cities <laughs> we need to have like topics that show <laughs> these Troy you did say Prince of Persia and thus piqued my interest uh, but I don't remember in what context you said Prince God. of Persia Prince of Persia and Karataka those were like my go to games I, mean, I'm, I remember so vividly coming back home and to me just like going level by level I mean it wasn't like I felt like games lasted longer, but that I know going back now, it's like no, they weren't. You know, we you, games you were. were way, I feel like I played Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask for a decade. Years, yeah, I might have. <laughs> like it feels like they were infinite. I also don't feel like we played games for as long of set. Well, I, I was different. So I, if it was a PC game, I would play it in maybe shorter sessions over longer periods of time. If it was a console game, because of the way that I grew up, I didn't have a console. I had a PC because my dad was in that business, and Your so I could. Your parents were anti you playing video games, right? Am I remembering that? No, no, no. It wasn't that they were That's anti. My parents. Just... Gotcha. Your, your parents were? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't allowed to play console games as a kid. You waste your life on video games, which is something I've taken or... great pleasure in bringing up every Christmas. <laughs> or um, well, you're still your doing house, it, mom and dad. <laughs> Um, yeah. I the, hope they're still just holding their guns. There's some parenting advice yeah. built into that. Yeah. <laughs> when are you going to get a real job, Mike? Um, because they're from Florida for some reason. Stupid. But the the console situation was such that all growing up, either I went to different friends' uh, house who had different consoles. So like, you know, so and so would have the Atari, and and this person would have the Sega or whatever. Um, or if I was lucky, like if it was a special occasion or like my birthday, then we could go to the video store mm. and I would rent the whole thing and bring that back home and it would come with one game. I couldn't get another one. It would rent one game. And so I'd like made terrible mistakes. I was like, I'm going to rent Batman game. Oof. Just like, okay, or I'm just going to get, you know. Superman 64. Superman 64. Give me the best game ever. Batman for me was like, wait a minute. So it's Castlevania with the Batman skin and terrible. Like, <laughs> Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Famously um, so, right? Yeah. That's where I fell in, you know, to playing Chrysalis. And, and and that was like, nobody told me you're supposed to go play Legend of Zelda. I was like, I don't know, C comes forward L, and that's what I got. Um, but those, I, I, I feel like if, if I had a console, I had 24 hours to play that as much as I could. And so I would just... We just did the same thing, go. but it was Nintendo 64. So I was renting one game a week and we were only allowed one. And they often had other people save files on them. Um, and sometimes I would just start from their save file. And I miss that a lot because I felt like I was experiencing, I'm sure I would have said this on the show before. I feel like I was experiencing somebody else's memories and I didn't know who the last kid who played the game was. Wow. Yeah. So we just pick it up and I'd see their name and, and I'd like often see their name, not for every game and then see where they were in this world and like, be like, what did this kid get up to? And I feel like I like found that so exciting every time before I was That's a great my story. new game. Yeah, it was, it was, this is I why I that. buy used books that are severely discounted because Especially they have writing they have notes in them. in them. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah I love it. Now you just that, that, download them. It's the the Playwatch Listen 2.0 with four other people in a decade yeah. is going to be somebody being like, CDs? Used to <laughs> video games on them? No. Oh, I thought you were saying like, it for the a thing, bad joke. The thing, like, gets CDs me. What? <laughs> the thing that gets me is what Troy just said about not knowing, like, 
I really miss not knowing stuff or not being able to immediately find out stuff. It sucks like, being like, an omniscient genius, is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I have well, a theory. I all miss are. being like, we dumb. Have, no, I just... no, I have a we theory. We all are. Like we have with the internet, we all do. Like I remember as a kid discovering Metal Gear Solid and having no idea what it was, playing mm. it and it being yeah. weird and surreal and just loving it. If I'd have been able to like Google twenty reviews of it before I played it, that would have yeah. been a very different. Experience. That was how I played That's what inside. I'm saying. We are all omniscient now, and it's weird. It's it's no, but it's weird talking to someone who grew up without remembering the time before the internet because they just can't comprehend of the idea that you I've would like, have like an argument years. in the pub. Yeah, so like we have could an just argument. Look it up, you're right. You just as a, you you have to accept that you would know something. You'd have a disagreement with someone about a, a basic historical fact, and because neither of you could be asked to go to the library, you just accept that you didn't know. Like it was that's something. I'm never that, gonna learn this. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know I will that. never it's know weird. the answer. Like I How said, was I, that for I you have for a, insight, I have a Austin? theory. Oh yeah, go, no, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Just that I bought it. I saw, I saw like a tweet from somebody that said, this game is amazing or something like really broad and totally non-spoilery, non-substantive in any sense. I don't know anybody that bought it day one. I know everybody that bought it word of mouth because somebody told them you have to play this game and there was no setup. It was just play this game. I think it was was day one. I played it day one. Well, in this case, I think the only, I don't remember when I played it, but it has to have been day one because I was so, I had no idea what I was getting into other than I was familiar with Limbo, I guess. And yep. um, that uh, same thing actually happened with her story as well. And both of those mm. are like were like magical experiences to me because I just stepped in, so going, "The fuck is this?" And, I think her story and, was a recommendation for me as well. Probably yeah. from me. I was a little <laughs> bit like that with Inscription. I screamed from the rooftops because I got a game. code from Devolver. I didn't know anything about the game, and I was like, "It's." See, I recall that Let I me... recommended that. Yeah, you recommended it. I think I didn't play her story. I don't think until I was on the Baptist committee. There were so many games where like, you had to play this. And I was like, okay, fuck. That's what I go. love about doing the BAFTAs is it yeah. forces me to catch up on Same. games. Like doing yeah, judges. Stuff I never heard of. So I'm working. Useful. Dice as well, yeah. It's so, <laughs> yeah, dice so useful because you do miss stuff. You do miss Totally. Stuff. I was going to say, I, love, I have yeah. this theory that because we can just Google shit, surely human invention has slowed down. Because we can just access a solution to almost every problem and see what somebody else has invented. There is no necessity, so there is that no depends. mother of invention. But that like, depends. Well, that your depends at-home you craftiness think... has been lowered because you can just look it up and then nobody but sparks do you think an idea. Is invention... So this is... this. Here we go. This is proper play watch list. I'm about to start like a half hour debate and Great. I'm excited for it. Get okay. it. Is invention the result of a genius moment of, of Eureka or is it an iterative process where you build on the shoulder of others? Because you could argue Google makes it much easier and faster to become expert in the current state of something to the point where you can iteratively improve on it. So like you that can is, learn how to do yeah, a new I skill much faster you used to be able to. That's invention. Or yeah, I would say not? The... I would say all invention is iterative based on you don't it's a, it's a it's a Depends how iterative, story. I suppose. But okay. my my thing is I think that Let's play watch listen conversation <laughs> now. Invention is iteration, potentially, but I guess my logic is is not that it's a spark of genius. Invention, uh, at least, would have come from a need. There's something. There's a need that you are trying to fill, and thus you come up with a solution to the problem. So you invent so you think something. So the internet re- reduces need. No, it, it reduces your need to figure it out because somebody else already has. So you just go buy it. 
You just but isn't that a net? That's a net win, though, because that basically frees you up to actually. That free, but that frees you up to go and invent the thing that no one's invented yet, right? Yeah, like yeah, you're, you're not, not spinning your wheels doing a thing that someone else two towns over has already solved. Like you can Google it in five seconds, yeah. figure out the answer, and then now you're free to actually do something novel. It's an efficiency I would, I would, of inventiveness, theoretically. Man. Yeah, I, I mean, the, I know that from a sheer patent and whatnot standpoint, we're. I remember reading once, this was probably 20 years ago that I read this too, which means it's probably already doubled since then. (laughs) They said something like 95% of all inventions ever created in in human history were made since the beginning of the 20th century because the rate of progress is so exponential. Um, and yeah, obviously, once you get yeah, everyone wow. fed, once you've covered basic needs, once survival is covered, people can make a fucking mesh Wi-Fi router. Yeah. Wi-Fi yeah, six, and, as and it, it were, and it it spreads and it, it, it it's going to spread across every every dimension. Um, and I, sorry, go ahead. No, well, like this is this is um, this is why, like, they say the the well, that's going to derail they? us into a totally different I was gonna d- be like, direction. Is but, each individual iPhone a new invention. No. I would have thought the iPhone no. was the invention. Right. I yeah. would even vote that that was well, an the iteration. the smartphone was the invention. That's an iteration. I, I see phone. where Mike's coming from. I remember this is going to seem step. like it's unrelated. but a step. The, the, the Wright brothers didn't just, they weren't the first person to try and make a plane. They were just no, Da Vinci was off doing that shit, you know, two years Well, there were people down before. the road. They weren't I like, they didn't Assassin's wake Creed. up one morning and go, I'm going to invent you. <laughs> 400 I, like, every, every, like we, we deify, right? We take narratives and we simplify them. The you know the light bulb yes was invented by one person but then there were twenty others and the guy who invented it isn't the guy you associate with that. But is that it's... not an iteration on the candle? Hmm. Well, I mean, it would. I assume someone it is. Why? Yeah, by but mistake, they're right? different they're enough that it has to have been invented. Well, I, I agree, but I, I see what Mike's saying. It's like every every quote invention is somehow derivative of something. It's yeah. finding a better way to do something. Even the wheel is like a better means of transportation because the square just, it's sold like hotcakes, but they haven't even been hotcakes <laughs> I was going to be like, what about I, the spear? But that's just an iteration on the stick. Yeah. Guys, okay, so put something pointing on the end of it. Here's what I was going to say. Are you saying that though with the idea being that it is like, I know this is not how you would phrase it, but to the sort of the, di- to the dish, to the, to the, diminishment of the inventor that theirs is not actually something totally new uh, yes no i i had a conversation once we were at a rap party and i found myself at uh it was it was a rap party for a movie that uh um lou diamond uh, phillips lou diamond phillips i don't know if you guys remember this but that my very first thing that i did um <laughs> and it, did, it didn't matter uh, uh i was i was right across from 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 jimmy fallon and we were having this conversation Good name drop solid well, kind of, but no, because I was talking to this person and I kept noticing that Jimmy was just kind of listening in on our conversation. And we were talking about, is there any original music out? Or is everyone just basically trying to rewrite Hey Jude, um, you know, as many times as they can? Like, what, 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 is there any original music? And I, I saw him kind of look over. I was like, Jimmy, what do you think? And he goes, what? And I was like, instantly mad. I think I've told the story before. I was like, is there any original music? He goes, Tom Waits, man, and went back to his conversation. I was like, yeah, but that's not necessarily pop music, but 
I, I think we have talked about this before because Austin, I, th- I think, Paris. But McCartney wouldn't credit Hey Jude as like an innovation. He'd he'd point to five different things that influenced him. Well, Paul McCartney would say that there is no White Album without Pet Sounds, and yeah. so I, I look at this and I say there's eight notes in their respective sharps and flats, and they're doomed to be repeated. So what's novel about it is how you use those. The perfect example, the, that that uh, link that you sent me the other day, that's hilarious. What's this guy's name? Tim what? Tim Minchin. Tim Minchin. Oh, yeah. I like to sing an F sharp without even hearing the clip, just the setup and me hitting a note. People were like, oh, that's hilarious. That to me is novel and, and innovative. But oh, I, I for sure. I think that I'm annoyed because I have a Tim Minchin book downstairs. I dude, missed the sure bookshelf. You, was... yeah. you got to bring it back, homie. You got sure. walls. Make some floating shelves. But I, I, I do think that um, I've, I've never thought about it in terms of what Mike is talking about, but I guess there is Bible quote. There's nothing new under the sun. There's, there's just an iteration or an innovation on something that makes it easier. So Google is, is an innovation on top of... Yeah, my argument is it's fine to use your light bulb candle thing, which obviously skips a few steps, but let's use that because it's a nice illustration. Right. It is easier now to become a candle expert to the extent that you could... Make a better light bulb. With the light bulb. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Is you, There's you more can, resources. You can, build, it's, you can build on the shoulders of giants faster because you can go, I've got the full sum of human knowledge available to me if I know the right question to ask. We've had this which is what's interesting about now video culturally games is, Yeah, 100%. Like that... Video games, the the idea of executing upon coming up with the idea and executing upon it the first time is the hardest. Everyone who does it after that has it way easier, and thus is opened up for opportunity to absolutely do different. That's things. why games keep getting better and denser and cheaper to make because we all learn from each other. We all is that true? Cheaper to make, talk. cheaper to make. Yeah. Right, so your budgets may be higher, but. But the it to cheaper to make the same car. If you were trying to make a game, if, to make. if you were trying to make Turok for the N sixty four right now, you could do it with three guys. That's All what right. I'm saying. You if you yeah, wouldn't one because you'd have to Yeah. Upload that to Steam. Yeah. Where but you wouldn't do that because if you were trying to make a game that was equivalent to Turok now, you'd make a big AAA shooter. So also, it, you're right, costs go up. Well, but even Unreal Five game is gets like, in theory going to help a lot of devs with that. Level the playing thing. field. Yeah. yeah. I also would argue Dude, that budgets have, on average, come way down because there's five billion more teams than there used to be. Um, and like, how does that equate? It, well, because the number, like the 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 Sony and Ubisoft and Microsoft, uh, etc., affiliated studios that have seen their budgets rise. It's not like there's 50,000 first-party Sony studios all of a sudden, whereas on Steam every day there are more games uploaded per day than 10 years ago per year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that... that if you were um, to average, costs are if you, probably the way average down. Cost yeah, the the industry-wide yeah. average budget of any game is probably yeah. substantially lower than it I used no to be. I have no idea what the budget democratization of process, is. Right? It's probably fucking insane. I have Man, no that idea. Is, that is such an interesting thing to, especially all actors, perk up. Uh, and really, honestly, I think anyone that, that's trying to get into this industry, it goes back to the conversation that we were having, was it last week? With no video? I can't remember. Where the... I didn't see it. The, yeah, it was last week. <laughs> I didn't see it. Ah, <laughs> Um, up and Adam. The notion of an Adam, baby. 
Um, the notion that you know, just the or the assumption that games just make millions and millions of dollars um, mm. is very, right. still a very sensitive subject. But I remember during the strike, that was the conception of actors coming in. It was like these guys are making millions of dollars. Where's my end? Where's my cut? And it's mm. like, if you if you want if you want that, then sure, we can have the whole argument of whether or not you deserve or not, or or, or should have access to that. Absolutely, but there's a whole other subset of questions and conversations that we have to have in order for you to understand that. And and the first thing that I I would recommend to you is go to the developer. Just just go spend a day at any dev anywhere making any game and then come back and go, I still deserve more money than they're, they're making. I just... If if you feel you that's do, that's not... Great, can I be great. a socialist? That's not Please. what union... That's not what... When a union... Uh, we're not talking about unions, though. We're talking about residuals, which I think are can easily well, residuals. Conflict. When 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 workers ask to be paid more, that doesn't mean that they they think they deserve more than the person next to them. They think the person next to them should also be asking for more. This so they're not looking very to take the money. careful. That yeah. wasn't specifically. There was no awareness of because the, the the conversation that followed was well, if we if we do this, then then the people that are making that we have to do that too then it was like oh then give that to them as well but it wasn't mm -hmm. the it wasn't like hey let's rise all boats it was i want yeah. my ship to come in and, yeah, and, and that's it should the be the rise all boats yeah that's fair i, yeah. I think as well acting it's an interesting one because there's definitely there's a different role that an actor plays in a game than they do in a film in terms of what the end experience yeah. is for the it's for it's just so a, a, it's a nuanced thing isn't it yes and that's that that to me is is why conversation and discourse is so important and being able to educate yourself as far as like these guys are not the notion is like they're driving Lamborghinis and they're driving Ferraris and they're making millions of dollars like no not at the not. same time that's really awkward I tried it once yes, I, I, I just couldn't do it now. the yeah, maintenance just, alone is I think oh, there, there is a, um, two steering wheels that's the challenge <laughs> kind of stuck in the middle I think there's a broadly poorly understood relationship between risk and reward. Um, and there's I, these conversations around residuals and, 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 um, cause there was a whole musicians union equivalent to that conversation as well. Sure. Um, and I, 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 I find that, um, uh, there's a, I don't know what to attribute it to, but, but, um, there's this oddly, it just seems like people just don't understand who's risking the most um, and therefore righteously deserving of the greatest potential windfalls in a given project. And Would I'll give you, you an example. Okay, go ahead. Well, uh, here's, a, here's a timely example because I had somebody reach out to me um, to license some of my music for a thing they were making. Um, and like not a game, it's like, it was like a YouTube video and they, uh, they, I, I was like, sure. Uh, you know, I, here's, here's how much that, uh, will cost and take it or leave it. And they said, I'll take it. And then they signed a contract. They used it, released it. Then it severely underperformed from their hopes and they came back to me and said i'd like to cancel the deal um <laughs> and i said so wait a minute you're asking that i have bought into your risk uh mm. like i did i why should i i did nothing with this 
I, I named a rate, you owe me that rate. Now, if I had stood to gain a thousand fold if it was this huge viral hit and now I took on nothing because it didn't do anything, that would have been fair. Like, because I, because I took Make on no risks. risk, yeah, because I took on no risk, I, I, I can lay claim to absolutely nothing beyond that which was agreed to. That's your way of mitigating your risk because you now have a hard cost that's fixed right. and you know that we're one and done. You don't get to just change that deal after the fact. And they could thinking, theoretically have done a different deal with you, which was tied to say views, right? They could have Absolutely. said, I'm going to pay you X per thousand views or whatever. And then they would have, then you'd have been splitting that risk together with a, with a bigger payoff. Also There's also just with, with residuals specifically to video games, there was never a, you buy the game, you buy the game with something that is a, um, whether it be something that originally like streaming right now is like, what do we do with that? And there's, there's no, it's a really hard way to do additional payments unless like Netflix, something that's on sky um, will be on Netflix here or vice mm. versa to where yeah. Netflix does things where it's called a third window, which means it's originally mm -hmm. intended to be here, but it's also going to air here. And because of that, there's advertising dollars that are surrounding that viewing you're, we're gaining because we're yeah. showing this thing that you're in. There's an additional payment for that. Or we did something that shows up in the theaters and now it's now viewing on HBO Max. So there is a second viewing of that mm -hmm. and it's there's you know sponsorship money or, or subscription money yeah. or, or, or ad money that's surrounded by that. Here's an additional payment. You buy the game, bam, one and done. There's no additional thing unless... It becomes like games as a service. So I understand well, how- that's what the games industry spent the last 10 years trying to do is work out how right. to make those revenue streams live on, right? There, right. Is, there is an interesting gray space there because um, the way composer royalties work um, is from what's called public exhibitions, um, the, mm. which would be your, your ASCAP or BMI, um, in the case of the UK, PRS, uh, there's a different one per the US is the only country in the world that has multiple uh, performance royalty organizations. All the rest is one per country and they all partner with each other. I've probably explained this to some degree in the on the show in the past. So forgive that. But um, the way that it works is this was started by Tin Pan Alley composers 100 years ago, a little more than 100 years ago, when uh, artists would buy sheet music of their songs and then go sell out theaters performing their music and 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 the composer would never see a dime. And mm. they'd go, well, it's not that I want to take all their money. Like they, they are the performer, they did the thing, but surely I should get something if they're performing my music. So these organizations said, because it's a public exhibition, um, you have to pay a royalty. Uh, and the way that they worked it out was it's actually the, the venue has to pay a license so that the artist it's it's not like they'll pass along their license fee to, as part of their agreement with the artist, presumably like, you know, some kind of uh, cut off of ticket sales or whatever. But then they pay like an annual license to an ASCAP or a BMI and then they go, OK, you know, your song was played on June 1st and another artist came in and played on our stage on August 2nd or blah, blah, blah. And here is the check. Uh, for your cut of those evenings. And 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 as you can imagine, uh, TV blew this into a whole new dimension and it's how you end up with composers. Um, you know, if you really, if you do, if you're a, if you're a Jonathan Wolf scoring Seinfeld, you're talking about tens of millions of dollars of, of back end uh, 
money because every time it plays on TV, you're owed a royalty. And this is the kind of thing that is never off TV. It's 24 hours a day. Or law and somewhere. order. Or law and order, I mean, or, or you know, yeah, Mike, Mike Post. The note, though, no, that's, that's all yeah, you yeah, need. Exactly. <laughs> so the the thing that's weird. Sorry, just real quick to finish Go up ahead. the thread there is that, um, be, of course, all the composers. Like I'm a member of ASCAP, but because I overwhelmingly work in games, I get very little from sure. them for that work because, as you said, it's one and done. There have been a few random exceptions. There was some Hulu show that licensed. The character on screen was playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate, um, so I did manage to to get you know twelve cents uh, from the mm. like fraction of a second that you theoretically could hear my music. Nice. Although I found the episode and I turned it so loud, and I was like, "Boy, like it's there, but holy hell, is that quiet?" Mm. Um, but interestingly, in the UK, by law, they've passed a law that is unique to the rest of the world that that PRS and Sony made a deal that sales on the PlayStation Network in the UK are now under the banner of public exhibition like showing a TV show. So PlayStation games that I, like they once they came to that agreement, I, I basically was, they reached out to me and were like, this is, can you help us? We're basically auditing records to see what games on PlayStation have been sold and we want to get you your because it was like wow. the banner saga suddenly now it wasn't worth like a ton of money but if that became industry standard practice yeah. you're basically I, I can't imagine that it would I think the UK is sort of far m more progressive in this way than a lot of other countries and like aggressively going after those income streams because that's not the case here but the the other big wiggle area that ASCAP and BMI and all those others are looking to go surely there's something substantive to be made here but it's really dicey territory it was of course Twitch and things comparable that's, to that that's the main thing is I would I don't want that to happen I, I don't believe that that's the move because what you end up doing is putting a stranglehold on the on what's truly good for the industry right there's more people that are playing games than ever before. And a lot of those people or more people that are experiencing the gaming culture who may end up just going, you know, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know so many people are like, I'd never played games. I watched them, but then I started playing them. I want that to be an entry point. It's the same reason why most publishers and developers are like, we're not going to sue you or, or you know, yeah. nickel and dime you for playing our game on Twitch because you're now our marketing. I was just talking um, to an Australian girl yesterday who's a streamer who started playing video games because she was watching PewDiePie play Alien Isolation and really enjoyed it. And that was her start into playing video games. Mm. And I imagine Damn. that like people have similar stories with people like Jacksepticeye oh, yeah. or Markiplier or whatever. Like I didn't realize that was that much of a reality that that's, that is an entry point for a lot of people. It reaches to a completely different audience. And I feel like that's what our job is. I, I want people, it's the same reason why Neil is, you know, and Craig Mazin are making something that was shot, scored, released everything in a cinematic way in a completely different format is because he believes, they both believe now, that the story of The Last of Us is good enough that it should go to meet the people that will never pick up a controller. It's true. And I don't feel that we should be exclusive. I think that we should be as, you know, reaching across however many aisles we can. The, the thing I about know. Austin's point about risk and reward, I mm. think it's very interesting for actors especially. Like, obviously, actors get paid... This is a generalization, but for a successful True. network TV show or film, get paid a lot. But they also kind of carry the weight of that thing more than a lot of people behind the scenes, often more than a director. Absolutely. So if you're an actor and you're in a very good film, you can blow up your career. Wise. Right. Yeah. But if the movie's bad, you will be made fun of forever, forever associated with that bad film, even if it's bad True. 
outside of your performance. So and you're bringing risk. your reputation to the table, right. For the marketing, much as well. more or, than like, even you're, the writers. You're bringing value. There's also awesome. we've Troy talked about this. In your game makes a statement about what level of game you're making, what that game is. That there for good or for bad. Like, for good or for bad. <laughs> yeah, it means you're releasing a video game of choice. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but like, genuinely, like, there's there's a value in a cachet which has to factor into the pricing of what Troy charges for his time. It's not just it, he's not just doing a job. He is he is also a marketing choice as well. Often, voice actors in games come out of the marketing budget as well as the development budget because we know exactly what you're saying we know that mm. there's value to an actor beyond the execution of the job at hand so it i also sometimes i've yeah, certainly seen that happen i have to make decisions believe it or not where i i do have to be judicious in in the jobs that um that i choose to take for 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 various reasons and number one it could be like i can't do this game because if i do this game that precludes me from doing this game and opportunity cost, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I really want to hold out for this one. This may never happen. But if I do this, this means 100% that I can't do this. So <laughs> Every I'm, actor I'm, looking at a minor role in a Marvel movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> give me Daredevil, <laughs> baby. Give me Daredevil. Yeah, Didn't, like, uh, I'm forgetting the actor's right. name, so disregard. Doctor Strange. Right. Benedict said, Cumberbatch? Yes, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch said that he did that. He was offered a smaller role and then was like, mm-hmm. no, wait for something bigger and worked out pretty well for him because otherwise you can't yeah. really come back my my thing is not even bigger like if daredevil were to show up in a spider-man game and it's and all it would ever be is just a cameo that would be great i i want to see the daredevil game made but but aside from that it's like i wouldn't want to play spider-man as well i couldn't play spider-man but there's um your best teenage boy voice Troy. i can't do it you can't I have do been mis- I have been that that goes to like the the Yuri Lowenthal's and Max Middleman's and Charlie Schlotter's and all those guys. I can't do it. I I always just sound like I'm just trying to do that. Like even Nolan, his <laughs> like Blaze voice. Fuck. Yeah. But well, then you go female. Yeah. Um. Oh, we can get to that conversation too. Um, yeah. The amount I, of I, female actresses playing young boys is especially in anime. It's like mm-hmm. so many of them. It's like Shakespearean, man. I will I will add one last little thing, just as a, another um for actors coming up, uh th- no matter your situation, uh there's never a reason to take a role if it costs you your integrity. So there's a couple of people that have approached me this is like, should I do this? Because I'm afraid that if I say yes to this, that it could preclude me from doing another job. If you are, are meant to do this, then you're going to do it, and that thing will not be the thing that makes or breaks you. So I, I would. There was a situation this week where uh, something came uh, down my way, and and I was like, um, I feel like you should ask this person first. And they're like, Are you sure? I was like, Yeah, I think you should ask this person first. And that person ended up being like, Thank you. That's yeah. That 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 should go to me, kind of thing. And <laughs> my agent was like. I'm I'm I just want to let you know like for what it's worth I'm really proud of you like and I'm like I'm glad that I have an agent in my corner that's going to back me up when I say that stuff because I've I've been in that situation before years ago when when uh, all of a sudden every VO actor saw these breakdowns coming down for Futurama and they were trying to recast everybody and it was being used as a bargaining chip so that they could say we could get these people we already could recast right now and so people like John DiMaggio and and the whole cast would kind of be screwed and to this day, there are people that audition for those roles because they're like a gig is a gig, 
and people remember. And I was mm-hmm. new in town, and even then I was like, no way. And my first session with John DiMaggio, um, he was like, I heard about you. I was like, how? He was like, well, I just heard that you walked away from those auditions. And he goes, I just want to let you know, I, I really I really appreciate that. Um, so just be cautious. Like, Integrity. It, yeah, it's hard out here, it. and it, it's going to cost you, but I just it, it always will pay into dividends um, to never fuck anybody over just to get a job. I mean, that applies so. to everything, and also applies to your situation, but Pretty I think much. that applies to like every vocation, right? Like... I don't know how that Especially relates to writing exactly. Especially our industry as well is but... so connected. Nah, we fuck all... people over. Everyone if you're a writer, knows each other. You will fuck them over. <laughs> fuck them over. Fuck over every writer you ever. But it's such a small industry. Like if you've got, if you build a bad reputation, then that will follow you. And... Preach. Yeah. I spent years gotta... overcoming a lot of a lot of bad behaviors that that people still assumed. Well, I mean, you like the first time we walked, you're like, I think I know who this guy is, and it, it took you and I working together. You're like, okay. He's not a total prick. <laughs> With me, you're talking about me. You're talking about yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think you were a prick. I didn't think you were a prick. It just like there was a, there was an assumption to where it was like. I'm not taking words out of your mouth. I mean, this is no one with hair like, this good. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, I remember the quote. Troy, you're also very yes. handsome. So people are immediately yeah, no, going to assume things. I like this episode. That now. was the quote, though, right? That was the quote. Was was it? I, I remember saying it now. I was like, I, I, I figured Troy was famous, and that's why he was. But then I worked with you, and I realized, like, you know, you're a pro. Like, is that the? I can't remember the exact word. It's something like that. It was like kind of like something people like just hire him because he's the guy right now. And then it was like, oh, yeah. no, he actually gives a shit and like comes in and works hard. And yeah, and to be to... clear, I never said that to anyone, but I, uh, yeah, I came in with that. How, how sure. true, just as a closing thought, since I know we got to run. I was wrong, I'm curious by the way, audience. True, I was very wrong. <laughs> I, I'm curious how true it is how many people do just kind of waltz through, because I have to say, I know I can't, I can't, My whole career, um, mate. I can't say any names yet, but we've obviously Gary. been working on this musical Straight Gods. And mm. our cast is just stupid in this game. It's unbelievable cast. It's a mean thing to say and about your cast. <laughs> they try uh, their hardest, Austin. That's kind of unprofessional. Well, no, that's actually the point I was going to make. They actually, down to the last person, have tried their hardest. And and all like for all of them, this is not, you know, like it could even just be a short stint in the studio because right. their character is reasonably small or whatever. And and some of these are are huge names. And it would be easy to make these assumptions like they're doing us a favor. They're going to come in. It's going to be super path of least resistance, uh, like just whatever quick, easy cash for an afternoon or a couple afternoons or whatever. And none have given that impression. That's the thing. That's why I was curious. How true is this notion that, oh, you know, they're a big name. So if they do your thing, they're just going to waltz in, like not really give I, a shit. I don't know that that exists in games a lot. It seems really rare. It certainly doesn't Hollywood. Seen it. I, I I've feel experienced like- it. I've definitely seen there are people you I've been lucky with the people I've worked with. I'm not throwing anyone on the bus, but like you definitely do encounter the the big deal who knows they're a big deal and will therefore just kind of coast on it. 100. I've met, but I do like feel that, that now, by and large, for the most part, if there is a even a name that's that's in a game, it's because they're a gamer, and they like mm. you take like Rahul who would come in and be like. I'm going to throw the same amount of energy, preparation, work, craft, and everything behind being in... Um... I don't know that Rahul did that with Fortnite, I'm being honest. <laughs> he's No, he's very passionate. Like He's incredible uh, about the work. Yeah, but he's, he's incredibly... Like, yeah, he, you're going to give it... He would view it as a, a role. Yeah, 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 he, he was great to work with. 
Really great to work with. You work um, in Fortnite with him? He Fortnite. is in Fortnite. He's the origin. And I keep saying you should start introducing yourself as Fortnite's the origin because as it turns out, it's a big deal and we don't know what's happening. I, I love Very the confused. fact that the reason That's why probably, I'm in that Fortnite... That would probably be his most viewed role, right? Because for sure. Fortnite is just so massive. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Donald, Donald Mustard. Yeah. I'm, I'm Jonesy because Donald Mustard was like, how can I get Troy Baker in my game? I'm like, well... You're licensing really big properties. I don't think you need me. My guy's like, yeah, I'll just see if I can't do it. It's like, what if we just retrofitted Troy's voice onto Jones? And I was like, yeah, give me a Fortnite. Did the character have a, a voice before? No. Oh. Hmm. So then all of a sudden it was like, it's we're John DiMaggio played him before. It's really <laughs> yeah. like, Doesn't fuck you already gave now. me your one Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for you, Bender. I'm coming for you. I'm sure I've said this before, but I think what? like Santa Monica Studios, hundreds and hundreds of people. I do not feel like there is a single person at the studio who is dead weight or thinks they're a big shot and, and is lazy about it. I just, I just think you'd get fired. I just oh, don't yeah. think it would work. I don't think you'd I show think up. I think as an industry where we're a yeah. lot better at that now than we used to be. I think, and I, I've, I've heard the similar about Santa Monica from the outside. Like, there's 100%. There was a period when I came into the industry, there were a lot of lazy fuckers, basically. And unfortunately, yeah, the industry... Well, no, fortunately, I guess, the industry moved on. And we definitely... The expectations are now higher. Like, and, and most people studios, I worked with in press I, who sucked, who like slept through appointments and didn't show up because yeah. they got drunk, and other people had to. That's less them, common now. They didn't as get well. fired. I don't, I, but that's less common. I, I think generally like, work ethic and respect for your coworkers have just become very important in a way that they weren't when I started my career. Which is I great. see games being in the in the space where TV was like five years ago. Whereas, like, all of We're a sudden, maybe, maybe, right? yeah. well, not only that, but it's also like it becomes the fertile ground where I've seen writers who were working in TV um, going, I want this is the the medium that I want to be working in, but the cinematographers as well. It's like I, I wanted to do a film, but man, there's just some really cool opportunities for us to do something inside here. So, I, I definitely believe that the game space will be where people are co- coming to, and therefore, it's their, it's their dream. This it's isn't so competitive. a side game. You have to. You have yeah, to really yeah. want it to succeed. Well, especially it sounds more And, and you have to yeah, want it to play. Like like yeah. A show you would hang on to for like maybe, uh, like a movie you're going to be there for two, three months. A show you may be working on it for like three or four months maybe. No one is going to be like, yeah, I'm going to sign on for two and a half years or three years or five years of work and turn down other gigs just so that I can work on this. They're like, this is where your passion is. So It's true. Um, before we go today, this feels like a terrible idea. I feel like I'm rewarding bad behavior. I have a gift <gasps> that I'm going to share with you. That Uh-oh. feel it feels like I'm doing it after you've just you're doing a very bad job hey, of raising. We us. made <laughs> a good, it, happy accidents. We Bob Ross mm. the fuck out of that episode. Everyone talked about how great it was at the very end. <laughs> okay, I have to go. That was not by design. It was. It was definitely glad good yeah. that we got the reaction to the realization that there had been on tape. Yeah, yeah. I 100%. don't think there's any video. Can you see it? Oh, hey! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my. oh my background's been updated to the new location. Okay, man, so this is fucking Everyone awesome. See this. All right, uh, it should have audio. Let me know if it doesn't. Uh, this is supposed to be for episode 100, but uh, 107. Who cares? Same thing. Okay. I use a lot of towels. <laughs> and what I will do. He's, I a, will... he's a single swipe, like. 
Get out of the shower. <laughs> one pass. Throw it away. Burn it. Burn it. Burn it. Exactly. Yeah. Burn it out. He has to buy them you... in bulk from Costco each week. You know. I. Yeah. So I, I will take a towel. Never waste the pass. I'll take I the smaller towels because you get like a washcloth and you oh. get like a hand towel, and then mm. you take those and String you put them, them in another towel. <laughs> That's what the robe is for. I like the Thomas was a lunch shirt. I, I, will, yeah. I will fold up those like in, in a nice little like hobo's bag kind of thing, so that mm-hmm. and I would put I will I will put those into the tub so that they walk in. They don't have to like gather up all these things. It's just literally just grab these and I and I saw them. They do this with the sheets. They take them and they bundle up and they they kind of yep. do a loose tie. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna do that for them. And so my legs don't that hairy. Oh, this is great. This guy just didn't leave all of the towels. But it's like 10 kilos because of the amount of towels that you use, so nobody can lift it's pretty it. heavy. For them to and try to pick so it up, all of them wet. All of them soaked with water. I do you're, you're dry off me. in the shower while the shower is still going. You're reminding me of an old. Uh... It's not getting dry. <laughs> Lots of surface area, lots of water, lots of surface tension. He he comes yeah. out of that shower. He's a moist it's a nipple. Man, so. yeah. <laughs> I also that, one of my favorite things about that is if we cut off Austin even in that <laughs> repeatedly. Oh, I want to know what you were talking about with this old Dilbert comic so bad. Oh, I have no idea. Oh, no. Um, that that's going to be in our 200th episode when you do the Who said this? Like yeah. Dilbert. Austin's going to go. That sounds. It's like, like a me. reference that I would uh, make. Very big I thank really you to think... Matt Ringstead for animating that for us. Uh, uh, he's super talented. And it's, it's I so think fun. definitely cool. my favorite part of that is Troy trying to dry while under the water <laughs> in the <Yeah>. shower. <laughs> not, by the way, not untrue. Uh, it's just <laughs> not so untrue. funny. And the frustration. It's just like just beating. It's like, why? Just this. Paging Sisyphus is like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Next time that an episode recorded Sisyphus. without video, there's a podcast name. I'll give mm-hmm. Matt like ten thousand dollars and have him animate the whole episode, and then we'll have a little feature film. Kind of want to make a game with him. Myself. Kind of want to make a game with them. We might be able to figure something. Hey, on out. Patreon, He's um, great. we will. I will. I will take. I will take no money if we can. If we can make a play, watch, listen game, I will take zero dollars. The amount of requests we've had for that are quite large. Uh, just being somebody who's making a game, I keep being like, not that simple, folks. Not that no. simple. Though we could do yeah. a little game jam type thing. We could do a game jam. We yeah. could 100% do a little Make game that happen. jam. I think that would be honestly like to fun point out, to do. I suggested that like 6,000 years you ago. You did All right, suggest well, I'll give you credit for that, that one, long. Austin, as long as you give me inscription, you piece of shit. I think that we should make that an episode <laughs> is that we do a game jam and we just get to see the shitty ideas we come up with. That'd be great. I'm down. I'm down. In any and if case, you can go and make it, then you make not, a better game. This sounds like a bit of a busman's holiday for me. I'll be honest, Troy. <laughs> right. uh, happy 107. Uh, we have video. <laughs> Feeling every bit. We will continue to have video. I love that you guys mentioned at the end that I would be so proud of you. And then you so realized. Proud. So smug. <laughs> we were so smug yes. in that moment. For the record, the folder that Beautiful. I save all my audio in, Adam. Never changed it. Mike's is the most solidarity. helpful. Wait, yours says that because too? he does the date. I don't think I've ever noticed. No, that. his file Dance names straight. are not that. He's saying the my folder. file names are proper, but the folder yeah. still Adam. Also, the reason system. we didn't it's go with Adam, me. it's easy I'll for you. It works well. Yeah, the reason I we didn't go with Adam is because it means nothing to anybody. It's bad marketing. Was my logic that that well, that when you see it doesn't translate to any information. To be fair, I don't disagree. <laughs> I'm just petty. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, want to win. I don't actually. I don't actually yeah. think it's a better name. It's a terrible name. 
I still have fondness I, for at it. Least, at least one person on Twitter goes, the goggles do nothing. Or I think it was a comment on the video. But yes. Was, was the person Arnold Schwarzenegger? Is that who they was do commenting on this? The, no, the they, were the, do nothing. they were the Simpsons version of Schwarzenegger, which is oh, McBain, yeah. Rainier Wolfcastle. Get it. Yeah. I don't know what he's talking about. Up and, Adam is, Up and Adam is a Simpsons reference. Come on. Yeah, see, I, I didn't you? even know that. Of course you tried to fucking sneak Simpsons into the name of the show. Um, well, we would have gotten sued our first episode, so <laughs> way to go. I will put the animated short up on the channel on Saturday, the day after the podcast goes up as well, so you can see it without our little faces laughing on the side. Uh, I'm a lot of video game writer. That's Mike Bivel. He's a video game director. You're all currently below me, so then that's also Troy Baker, just a bit further down. Just as a fact of life. an actor. <laughs> that's Austin Wintry, the whole way down, um, way down the bottom. Composers, just Jeez. way yeah, down. That's where they belong. That's where they belong. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.